Welcome to the Sanctus NYC Message Podcast. We are the young adult community of the Brooklyn Tabernacle, built on the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Join us today as we look to God to lead us into the fullness of the life that he has for us. So tonight, I want to share something that has honestly, um, if there's ever a sermon that I have had to kind of like preach to myself, this is one of them. Um, You know, I have really over the last however many months of my life, especially just getting prepared for this next season, about to have a kid, about to not sleep for (laughs) quite some time, I'm just like going to God and I'm like, God, just prepare me. Like do whatever needs to be done in my life so that I could be ready for what I'm about to get myself into. And this is one of the main things that God has opened my eyes to and really begun to push me in a corner and just help me see like this is something that needs to be dealt with. And so I don't know if anybody here has heard this before, but Gen Z and even the edge of millennial, like if you're in this room, you fall under this category. Do you realize that you have the shortest attention span in the history of humanity? That's you. (laughs) Our generation, maybe not everybody in this room, uh, Stephen is German. He has a very good attention span. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, uh, but we as a generation, we are a product of a culture that has formed with us these patterns, these ways of living, where we are addicted to distraction. Think of in our day, even from like when we were kids to now, how much more messaging, dopamine hits are just being thrown at our face throughout a day, Right? Like, I was thinking earlier this week, do you guys remember when, at least back when I was, like, in elementary school, like, Tamagotchis? And you just have that little, like, thing that would just bounce there, and you would try to not kill it, and every day just, like, press a button. And that was, like, the craziest, most innovative technology ever. And you would just, like, stare at the thing going up and down. It's like, you think of that being maybe how we grew up to now, like, virtual reality. Like, TikTok, endless scrolling constant just like color and like you realize TikTok is designed to be the most exploitative of our neurology of any social media ever. It's endless scrolling. It's literally made so that our brain, it is the most hit after hit after hit after hit of dopamine. Like our brains, we have the most opportunity to feel pleasure and escape from our reality of any humans who've ever lived on earth. And so, um, one second, let me just pull this up. And so, you know, a couple weeks ago, I was talking to uh, a girl in the ministry, and she came to me and was just like, she was getting emotional, and she was like, you know, I feel so disassociated from my life. That's something that a lot of people have been saying recently, right? She was just saying, like, I feel like I'm not living my life. Like, I'm just watching it from the outside, but, like, my emotions and my mind and my heart are just not connected to my experiences. And she's like, it's, like, freaking me out. And she started crying, and she's like, and I'm begging, like, God, help me, but he's not helping me. And now I just am, like, I I feel like I have this crazy problem, and I don't know what to do with it. And so I said to her, I was like, I don't want to be invasive but would you be cool just opening your phone and showing me your screen time really quick? And she went, 
we opened the phone, and sure enough, over the last week, she had averaged over 11 hours on her phone per day. She said she slept about nine, 10 hours, right? So that leaves you with potentially four, five hours of living your actual life. You might hear that. You might actually not be in touch at all with your own screen time. Like you might actually need to pull out your phone really quick if you're starting to get proud and see how many hours. Be like, oh yeah, she's wild 11. I'm only on seven. It's like, (laughs) okay, (laughs) congrats. So our generation, these are the actual stats including, and you, got, you can add in time for texting, communications, maybe some people have to use it for work, all of that. But all in all, Gen Z averages per day nine hours of screen time. That's including all devices. So waking up, being on my phone, maybe going through the day, taking some emails through it, getting home, watching Netflix while scrolling on my phone, nine hours is the average per day. So I did some math. Nine hours a day over 10 years, this is the trajectory as a generation that we're on. Nine hours a day over 10 years is 32,760 hours. That is 1,365 days. That's three years and 270 days of the next 10 years of your life being spent on screens. You combine that with the amount of time that we're going to be sleeping, we sleep for about a third of our day. So three of the next 10 years sleeping, and then up to potentially four of the next 10 years of our life are on screens, which leaves us with about three years of our life actually left to live out of the next 10 years of our life. That's the trajectory we're on as a generation. And so I, uh, I, I think it goes without saying that for us to be a people who walk in the fullness of the life that Jesus died for us to be able to live in, to like walk in the fullness of his will, his joy, his blessing, we have to take a hard stand against the patterns of this world. There's no way that our lives and our relationship with technology and distraction can look like the world around us and us actually walk in victory and wholeness in God. That reminds you of that verse, right? Romans 12, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed through the renewing of your mind. It's like in a lot of our lives today, God really needs to do something and change the way our relationship is with distraction and technology and diversions away from the presence of God and the will of God. The reason this is very near to my heart and my life is this. Um, You know, earlier this year, I found myself in certain moments like really getting freaked out by what I saw coming out of me. It's like I've had so many moments in my life where God has made it so clear of like what I'm alive for. It's like, I am alive to see God use my life and to see people come to know him. And it's like, I don't know how much time I have left on earth. So every second that I have left, I want there to be purpose in it. I don't want to waste it. It's like, I want to see God write this beautiful story. And there have been moments throughout my life where I've just like been on my face weeping. Just like, God, here I am. Wake me up. Use me. Do whatever you want to do. Like, I don't have much to give you, but I give you what I have. Do something real through my life. That's been like a cry throughout my life, and there's become this, like, burden and desire of, like, I just want the real thing. But, you know, there have been moments over the last year where it's like this same thing that once felt so alive and heavy and on fire. It's like, I am alive to know God, to make him known. 
it's like I found my heart like, yeah, I believe that, but my heart is kind of just like cold. It's like I'm kind of just apathetic towards that. There are moments where I don't feel like Paul says, always be zealous, be on fire. I'm like, I'm not on fire. So what just happened? And then there are moments where I'm with my wife or I'm meeting with people and there's like real emotional stuff that's going down and I'm just like sitting there like kind of numb. I'm like, what's happening right now? Like, why do I feel so disconnected from what should be like burning inside of me? And then God kind of helped me as I took a step back and looked at my life and I realized my attention, my heart, there is real division. It's like so much of the gaps of my life, so many of the gaps of my life is filled with empty, hollow, entertainment, dopamine hits, scrolling, and I've just seen myself slowly drift into almost my heart being completely apathetic to the purpose of my life. I really believe for a lot of people here, Satan has used distraction, has used these things that we just kind of say, it's what everybody does. It's like, it's not that big of a deal but you've like been lulled to sleep. You've been neutralized. God has a calling for your life. There's a purpose why you're on earth. It's not just to like go to work, watch Netflix, make money, go on a couple vacations and die. There's literally a purpose for your life. But do you even know what it is? Or are you just spending your life distracted, disengaged from your heart, disengaged from the things that God wants to open your eyes to the burdens, the callings he wants to make real. Like, this is like a pandemic in our generation, right? And so, we are at a war. We are at war overseeing the fulfillment of the purposes that God has for our life coming to pass. We are in a culture, there is an enemy, there are companies that literally are investing billions of dollars to figure out how they can keep you enslaved to your phone how to keep you enslaved to distraction. There's a war going for the purposes for our lives. And so here's uh, encouragement from Paul in Ephesians 5, talking to the Ephesian church. He says this, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what God wants you to do. That's a crazy verse, that last one. That really stood out to me when I was reading it a couple weeks ago. Understand what God wants you to do. In what? Everything. Not just understand who God, uh, what, what job he wants to get you in, or what church he wants you to go to, what area he wants you to serve, what kind of friends maybe to have, who you should end up with in the future. No, God is concerned. He has a will for every single area of my life and your life down to our free time. And what God is saying is, I'm calling you to come into a place of understanding. As you seek me, I want to reveal to you what you were made for. I want to show you, it's not like you just check in and it's like, I'm on the clock now, God. I'm doing what you've called me to do. And man, that was really hard. So now I'm clocking out and I'm just going to do my thing for the rest of the day. It's like, that's not how you live a fulfilling life. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of the Father who sent me. The most refreshing possible thing in life is to remain in the will of God constantly. How many times have you, after a long day of work, gone home, 
You're like, man, I'm burnt out. I'm tired of this. I just need to like scroll for hours and hours. You stay up late and you just are on the next video and you kind of half laugh. And then you look at yourself and you're like, I feel worse. I feel more drained than I was before this. I'm not more prepared and more ready to engage with God's will for my life. I don't have strength. I literally have just now settled into more of a place of just, ah, right? And it's because of this. Spiritual distraction leads to exhaustion. When you're not walking in the will of God for your life, when you're not walking in his presence, doing the things that he's called you to do, and you take your eyes off of him, you've taken your eyes off of the life source. Netflix can't give you peace. TikTok is not going to give you joy. It's not going to give you strength for the will of God over your life. But we're slaves to it. It's like, how many of us, we try. It's like, all right, yeah, my Saturday, I'm in front of screens for seven hours, and maybe I try to, like, step away from it for a little bit. And after about, like, seven minutes, I'm like, wait, how did my phone just get back in my hand and I'm scrolling again, right? It's like, we don't know in a lot of us, like, how, how do I exist apart from this thing? This thing is so a part of my life. Like, I'm addicted to escaping. I can't live in the reality that God's called me to. Every time I try, I just get, like, anxious and worked up, and my mind starts going crazy. The only way I know how to handle it is by just escaping. So I'm just going to live four of the next ten years of my life medicating the fact that I can't live in the life that God's called me to live. Think of that. It's so hard for us to imagine, like, a month of, like, cutting out devices like, even saying that, I'm sure some of you, like, just got, like, a shiver. Meanwhile, that's for how all humans have lived throughout human history. Like, the fact that that's such a crazy thought to us, like, this thing is crazy in us. And so, another verse, when we see Paul, now he's talking to Timothy. And Timothy is a young leader in a church. And Paul begins to just start talking to him and saying, this is what you're called to do. This is God's will for your life. Do this, speak to these people, serve in that, do it. And not only do it, but do it this way and do it depending on God. And he lays out pretty much God's will for how Timothy is supposed to engage his life. And right after all of that, we can put that verse up. Um, He says, give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourselves into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch on how you live and your teaching. We can just leave it there. So he's saying, all of these things, now this is God's will for your life. Give yourself entirely to it. Give your complete attention. Like, your future, the, the one day when you stand before God, when your life is done, there's a moment, I, I, all of us here feel immortal to some extent. Like the thought of like, wait, I'm actually gonna die one day? It's like, yeah. There is a day that's coming where we are gonna look back at our lives And what is going to define our lives is how we walked in the will of God. It's how we did the good works that he says he's prepared for us to do in advance. But just think about that. The trajectory so many of us are on is we're going to like get to the end of our life and be like, God had all of these things prepared for me. He wanted to use me to change eternity, to see people come to know him. And in the middle of that, pouring out that I would be filled and poured into in such a deeper way, I would have walked in more of his peace, more of his joy, more of his love. But I look back at this beautiful life that God gave me. He died on a cross so that I could walk in all of this. And what did I spend it on? Like, look at the last year of your life. 
What have you spent your life on? That verse says, give your entire attention. What that means is just give yourself entirely. What are you giving yourself to today? That's convicting to me. I have so just recognized, like, I am sick of being half awake. I'm sick of not walking in the fullness of the purpose that God has for my life, right? I'm sick of, do you realize, it's like, on one hand, life passes us by. It's like, you ever hear the Romans? Um, There's that famous thing that people talk about a lot where they would have bread and circuses, right? What that meant is the government would take little communities where people would maybe start to get upset about the direction that things were going, and they would just say, all right, just throw some bread at him and let them see some, like, lions fight each other. And then they would do that, and all the people would... (laughs) All of the people would just start clapping, and they would literally forget the serious things that were happening around them, right? It's like in that same way, we are just being filled with all of this garbage that doesn't matter, that literally it feels good but leaves us empty, and then life is passing us by as it's happening. But then on top of that, think of how much of the struggle and temptation that you and I face today is because of being aimless. It's because of not walking in the purposes of God. There's a famous verse when David ended up falling into sin, that whole story with Bathsheba, right, in the Old Testament. It said, while kings were at war, David was home. And what that spoke to was, while David belonged, stepping out there in the calling and the purposes of God, he was just aimlessly sitting at home looking for ways to indulge himself and pleasure himself. And what did that lead to? Destruction. I believe a lot of people in this room, even in our struggle against temptation, lust, pornography, like sometimes I have people come and meet with me And it's just like, I'm praying, I'm asking God, help me to stop watching this. Help me to stop doing it. I so want to stop, but he's not doing it in me. And then you talk and it's like, wait, so you're going to stay up every night and watch anime until 3 a.m.? But then you're going to be like, God, why aren't you giving me the strength to not fall into this? It's like, well, maybe God is calling you away from just aimlessly living to indulge in trash. Maybe these are distractions that you remember in Finding Nemo, that like, little like dangling light fish and then like they thought oh that looks cool and the next thing they know you got the teeth coming at you right how much temptation in life does satan dangle pleasure and just things that seem like oh this is just a good easy escape from the fact that i don't feel peace right now i don't want to have to go to god and try to go in his will let me just run here then you run there and then what do you find there that nasty looking thing right that's how satan works in our life He wants to bring distraction so that we are neutralized from the calling of God, which is our life. That's the only place where we find peace. It's where we walk in what we were made for. And he dangles it in front of us because when we're distracted, we're vulnerable. So the Bible says, be alert. Satan prowls like a roaring lion looking for who he can devour. A lot of us are being devoured because, like, think of when you're even just like the idea of just endless scrolling, which a lot of us do. It's like you're not even in control of the next thing you're about to see. But it's rewarding enough. You know, it's probably going to be something good. So let me just keep on going. And then before you know it, you're taking poison into your soul. You're taking garbage that's rewiring the way you see the world. It's taking your eyes off Jesus. It's making it about, you're, you're, you're getting played. I'm getting played. And so I want to just leave us with a couple things today of 
what are the main areas where Satan really wants to distract us that we have to square up to? Number one is this. Satan wants to distract you and I from the secret place with God. You see, when you read through the New Testament, day after day, you see this constant thing of Jesus would wake up and he would get alone with the Father. Why? Because when he would be alone with God, he would receive what was needed for the day. We say this so much here, apart from him, we could do nothing, right? Jesus came on, took the limitations of humanity, modeled for us what a life dependent on God should look like. And we see in his life a constant thing of the priority above all else. Wait, you want to talk to me? This crazy thing is happening around us? It doesn't matter. I need to get alone with God. Think of your life. Are you one of those people, like I've been a lot in my life, where you just wake up and pull your phone out? You go into your day having scrolled a lot, which means you're empty. Because you've gone into your day now having not received the only thing that's going to keep you alive. The only thing that's going to give you strength and joy and real peace. I can't tell you how many moments I've had where I just was like scrolling and I'm like, I'll I'll read in a second, I'll read in a second. And then before you know it, you're in the craziness of the day and I haven't gotten the grace that I need from God. And then I just see the mess of who I am starting to blow things up, right? Satan wants to keep us from the secret place. He wants to keep us from drinking deeply of the presence of God. He says, rivers of living water. I am the the living water. Come and drink of me. Those who drink of me will never thirst again. If you're here and you've put your faith in Jesus today, do you realize daily you can come into the presence of God and meet him and receive grace, his love, his peace, his promises? Our lives are going to be defined by how we've received from God when it's all said and done. The priority of our day, let's, let's take this to heart right now. We cannot allow Satan to keep us from the river, to keep us from the source of life. We have to be a people of his presence. So what's a practical application of that? If you're here and your phone is right next to you and you wake up, we got to do something about that. Like, we got to put that thing on the other side of the room. You've got to have, like, a lock where you have to, like, unlock a code or whatever. It's like, yeah, if you still want to do it, you're going to do it. But at least don't make it, like, let's go into it with something of, like, God, I can't start my days this way. So, like, by your grace, help me figure out what I need to do so that I could start my days seeking you. The difference that that will make in our community, if we are a people who come into the presence of God daily, how many of our issues or the things that are blowing us up would we just see kind of, like, vanish? The second thing is this. Satan wants to distract you from the awareness of what his will is for you. Are you in God's will today when it comes to your job? If you can't say that with conviction, yes, something's really wrong. How do you know it's God's will for you? The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lead on your own understanding. In everything, submit to him. He'll direct your path. So how do I know if I'm in God's will? Are you submitted? Are you saying, God, I want your will for my life. Here I am. I don't know what's best for me. If I try to do my thing, I'll blow it up. So here I am. Lead me. The moment my heart is in that place, I'm in his will And if I'm not, he's going to begin to start leading me into whatever his will is. But all of us in this room need deep conviction over whatever the season is that we're in right now. If we're working, if we're in school, if we are staying with our children, whatever it is, I need to know in my heart, this is what God has led me to in this season. And this is what I'm supposed to trust him for now with my entire heart. 
I think a lot of people in this room have become so distracted that they have lost sight of the purpose and the calling that God has in your workplace. God, the work is not really about the work. It's about the people, right? It's about the world that God places you and I in. And if he's led you into a certain place, it's because he wants to use you there. It's not just so that you could exist and make money. He wants to use you. But the issue is, so many of us don't have faith for that, and we resent our jobs, and so we don't go at it in faith, and then we go through the day just miserable and hating our lives, and just like, this is, I don't want to be here, whatever, and then we get home, and because we're still not trusting God, then it's like, oh, I just got to escape, and now I just watch stuff, and I scroll, and I watch Netflix for hours and hours, and then at the end, I'm still empty, I have no peace, I have no joy, go into the next day, repeat. That's a cycle that a lot of us are in the room are in. Do you realize it doesn't matter even how challenging your job is. If God has called you there, he is with you so that you could walk in power, joy, victory, peace, that you're not going to leave your job every day just hating your life, but you're going to see the purpose that God has through it. You're going to say, this is a part of his will for my life. And so I'm going to do it with my entire heart and trust him with all the details of it. If we're not doing that, if we're not looking at our life through faith and walking in his will with that conviction, we miss all the ways he wants to use us and we miss the peace and the joy that he wants to give us through it. But let's go even beyond your job, your friendships. Have you really figured out what God's will is for the friendships in your life? There might be certain people in your life that you're just like, I want nothing to do with them. But then you get closer to God and he shows you, I'm calling you to that person to love them and sacrifice yourself for them. No, but they're toxic. Well, guess what? You're toxic too. (laughs) And I still love you. And if I'm going to give you grace for it, that's not just saying, oh, look, we only have so much bandwidth. God isn't calling us to every single person, but we have to surrender our relationships to God and say, God, what is your will for my friendships? There are certain people here in this room who are here because certain people never gave up on them and continue to love them with the love of God. We have to be people who fight for people, the people that God shows us to fight for and love. Do you know God's will for your friendships? Do you know God's will for your free time? You know, I want to challenge the idea that just entertainment is where we recharge. The Bible says those who wait on the Lord will be renewed, will be given strength. They will rise, they'll run and not grow weary. They'll have like wings like eagles. I don't know if I remember. But it's saying that really it's in the presence of God that we find the refreshing and the strength and the power that we need. Am I trying to like draw a hard line and say, if I ever hear that any of you have ever watched a YouTube video forever, I'm going to judge you. No, but we have to really take a step back and see. It's like, think of this story that God's writing for your life. He wants you to know him. He wants to use you. He wants to lead you into certain relationships. He wants to build in you certain skill sets for the calling that he has for your life. Years ago, there was this random day where I was just like, I'm bored, I have nothing to do. I started trying to learn Mandarin, didn't work. But then I had a Korean friend who was just like, bro, try Korean. And I started it and like, it all just started kind of to come together. And before I knew it, it was this thing where like, I felt like God was really speaking to me. I didn't even know why, I have to learn Korean. And since then, I've seen God do so much and open so many doors and like send me to Korea and do all these things. And it started from just something like learning a language that had nothing to do with my life. You can't tell me that that wasn't the will of God. 
And it's still the will of God. I have to continue to give myself to it and grow in it. But God is interested in how you use your free time. If you're surrendered, you got to say, God, what is your will for my life? Maybe he wants you to pursue language. Maybe he wants you to really begin to start reading and growing and figuring out how to apply his truth to certain just situations that people are facing in the world, like building up your understanding and your wisdom. Maybe he's trying to call you to learn how to cook because the future honey he got coming your way is going to like it. It does, who knows? There's so many different things that God might be doing in my life and your life. But we have to really now square up and say, God, what is your will? Here is my free time. This is a really good practice for you. What we're actually going to release soon is a list of content that if you just need stuff, like I, I want to read. I don't know where to start. I want to watch maybe some encouraging things, but I don't know where to look. Like we're going to give you guys some things that these are like books that have really blessed us as a ministry and as a church. And you can like dig into this and have easy access stuff. Um, but maybe for a lot of us here, what we need to do is get along with God and say, God, what are you calling my free time to look like? Is it to build friendships? Is it to go on prayer walks? Is it to work out? Is it to whatever? But I don't want to, and, and what it goes to is this. Who has heard the parable of the talents? There's this story Jesus shared where he said there was a ruler who gave different amount of money to three different people. The first one he gave a lot to, the second two he gave a little less, and the third he gave the least. The one who had a lot went out, invested the money, got a big return on it. The second one went out and invested it and got a good return on it. But the third one who had really little ended up just saying, you know what, I'm just going to bury it and I'm just going to give it back to him when he comes. So he buries it, gives it back to the master when he comes. And the master looks at him and says, you wicked servant. He says, here, I have the verse right here. He says, um, he says, take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they have been given, even more will be given. But they, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even the little that they have will be taken away. And so you think of your life. You think, like God is literally saying, Come seek me. I'm going to show you the life that I'm calling you to live, that I'm going to help you to live. Those are the things that we're going to have to answer for. Like, those are the things that we're going to have to stand before him and say, God, like, how have I managed this life that you've given me? I want to be the one who's faithful with what he shows me. And as we're faithful with the will that he shows us, he blesses us and he leads us into even greater fruitfulness in our life. But all of us are at the risk of you know, entertainment is a very easy way to just bury the life that God's given us. We get no return on it. And so maybe today a lot of us have to get along with God and say, God, what are the things you're calling me to do that's going to bring a return for your kingdom and for the life you're calling me to live? Maybe you have to go home and write it down. Maybe as you do that, God's going to open your eyes and begin to start showing you some things that you're like, I've been feeling this for a while, but yeah, I'm actually going to start doing it now. Or maybe I'd never thought of this before, but God is making this so real to me. It's like you do that. And then maybe on a Saturday when you're tempted to just pull up your phone and burn hours away, do what's on the list. Say, God, you've shown me this. You've shown me what your will is for me. Now give me grace so I can walk this out. As we do that, we are going to see peace, fulfillment, the blessing, the power of God like never before. The last thing I want to say is um, Satan wants to distract us from the grace of God. A lot of us are so dependent 
on technology, distractions. It doesn't even have to be technology. It could just be whatever it is your brain runs to to escape from your reality. But if what, all I have is what I receive from God, I need to be a person of prayer. But it's really hard to be a person of prayer when the margins and gaps of your life are filled just scrolling, right? I think for a lot of us today, God wants to begin to cultivate a real prayer life that begins to have us walk in more of his grace, more of his power. But the only way that can happen is if we begin to cut out the things that are just filling the empty spaces in our life. I want to be somebody who gives the empty spaces of my life to Jesus. That's where we get the the greatest return, right? I share this with all of you today, share it with myself, because the bottom line here is we are in a world that is so dark, so hopeless, so broken. The Bible says, you are made new in Christ Jesus for good works that I've prepared for you. There is a life for each of us that the Bible says, you are the light of the world. What is the light that we shine? The things that we do that he's prepared for us to do. And so if we are people who the gaps, the will of God over our life, we're not in the presence of God, we're not walking in his will, we are a lamp with a lampshade over it. Our light is no longer shining. My prayer for my life and for every person here is that we would shine as bright as any church any young adult ministry that's ever existed because we are filled with Jesus. We are walking in his will for our life. The beautiful thing is you don't have to just figure it out on your own. He has created you for a purpose. He's gonna lead you into it. The last verse I'm gonna share today is Romans. Can we put up that one really quick? It says this. Nope, I'm sorry. Do the Hebrews, Hebrews. Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever, amen. So this is the beautiful thing. A lot of us here, if we just take a step back and we take inventory of our life, a lot of us can see maybe in a lot of areas in our life, or maybe God's really convicting us in a couple, maybe smaller areas, but it's like, God, this is an area of my life that I'm burying and putting underground. This is an area of my life that I'm just burning away. I'm not going to get any return on this. I'm, I'm turning from you in this. Like, this is the way this thing controls my life. This is no longer you controlling it in this area. If that's where you are today and you say, I really need God's will in my life in a new way, the beautiful part of that verse is he will equip you with everything needed to do his will. God isn't saying, okay, so now try hard now, okay? So you see what you're supposed to do? Like, I better see veins popping out of your neck. I better see you really show me that you want this. No. God is saying, this is what I'm calling you to do. But the thing is, you can't do it. That's why you have me. What we do when we look at our life and we see things aren't what they need to be is this. We repent. What is repentance? It's me owning. Apart from you, I really can do nothing. Apart from you, I'm seeing the patterns of my life. I'm not fully living for you. These things are controlling me, mastering me. I haven't really wanted to walk in your will. I'm not letting you lead me in these areas. You can't fix it. 
But Jesus says this, it's him who works in you, giving you the desire and the power to live the life he's called you to live. In Philippians, God wants to work in you a new heart today. He wants to work in you the obedience of Jesus. In the end of the day, I would rather not follow God's will and just do my own thing and do what feels good. And that's why I need to be saved from myself. And that's why we have Jesus today. He is the one who saves us from ourself once every day. And so I want to just give us an opportunity. Esteban, you could come up and just play for a sec. But if you were here with me tonight and you look at your life and maybe this has sobered you in some way, maybe you look and you see my life really is following the patterns of this world and I'm seeing how it's stealing life from me. Like I am not walking in the fullness of the will. If Jesus' fulfillment was found in doing God's will, maybe the main reason why I don't have real lasting peace and fulfillment is because I'm living for pleasure instead of the will of God. Jesus, today, I want to surrender to your will. I can't make myself obedient. I can't make myself faithful to your will, but you can, and you've promised me that you will. So Jesus, here is my sin. Here is my apathy. Here is my resistance to your call on my life. And now, Lord, work in me a clean, obedient heart. Give me Jesus. As you pray that, God's going to meet you. He's going to work through you. This isn't just religion. This isn't just try hard, be better, do better. It's realize trying is a lost cause. All of your attempts to do better, be better, they're not going to work. What you and I could do today is come to the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, fill me today. Here's this thing I see you're calling me to now. Give me your grace to do it. Help me to wake up tomorrow and wait on you in your presence and drink deeply from the living water. Help me to walk with you with awareness of your will for my life throughout the day. Help me to be a person of prayer that I don't just get distracted, but I remain in just conversation with you throughout the day. God is gonna help you and me to do it. So hopefully this encouraged you in some way. Hopefully this challenged you in some way. But I wanna just give us an opportunity to respond before we wrap it up. So would you just close your eyes with me? there is a particular area of your life that you feel that God is convicting you. It could be your relationship with technology and entertainment. It could be certain things that you know he's calling you to do that you haven't been doing. If there are just ways that you look at your life and you're like, I am not walking in the fullness of this God, would you stand up with me right now? give us an opportunity to do the only thing that can help us in this place. It's not making promises. It's not just trying to be better. It's going lower and it's realizing, God, apart from you, I really can do nothing. And I'm done living out of my nothing. Holy Spirit, I put my hope and my trust in you today. Forgive me and fill me. If that's where you are, in your own heart right now, would you just say that to Jesus over the area that you feel that he's convicting you? Say, God, this is who I am apart from you. 
but you've come to save me from me. So Lord, I give you this. Now God, give me your strength. Give me your hearts. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. To connect with us, visit our ministry page at brooklyntabernacle.org or you can follow us on our Instagram at SanctusNYC.